to Security Insights, where best practice cybersecurity meets real-world workplaces and roadblocks. I'm your host, Ashley Stryker, and with us today is our OG host with the most, Chris Gettle, VP of Endpoint Security Management. Hey, Ashley. But with us today, I think even more importantly, is J.R. Robinson, I think the head of technology for generative AI tool and platform writer. Proper platform and compliance. My boss is the CTO. Ah, platform and compliance. All right. I think you guys all know what kind of topic we would be talking about here if we have JR here as a guest because everybody else is doing it. So we should, too, because I'm a marketer and that's a good thing. I'm kidding. So, Chris, you remember February all of like a month ago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and we recorded a webinar. Yeah, so about that. a little bit of backstory on this. <laughs> we were prepping for a webinar around you know, AI, generative AI, and and the trend that was uh, really starting to pick up speed. And, you know, we, we did it kind of as a 18-month prediction kind of thing. Like, hey, near-term, you know, moderate-term, long-term, where do we see this going? And about a week and a half after we recorded in, you know, late February, so early March rolls around, in a seven-day span, all of our predictions happened. So we had to scrub the entire, you know, recorded webinar. JR was kind enough to to come back on here. So what we're going to do for you guys today, it was. (laughs) And unfortunately... AI outpaced us, JR. Indeed. I mean, it's we're only human, <laughs> and that's that's the danger, right? That's right. That's right. Um, so today, basically, we're going to talk about a, a little bit of a, a prequel to the webinar that we are going to be airing here in April. But we've got to kind of go back and rewrite that <laughs> webinar. So you guys are getting kind of the preview of what we're going to be doing uh, coming up here shortly. So one thing, JR, that I think is really interesting in the conversations we've been having is the question of, okay, AI is doing all of these crazy things, but has it done anything useful yet? I think one of the reasons that comes up is because the scary parts make people want to be able to sort of cast something as inherently good or inherently bad. And AI is a power tool. And like a lot of power tools that you're not familiar with, you look at a bandsaw and you think this isn't good for anything but lopping off fingers. And nobody wants their fingers lopped off, so everybody gets tense and gathers up behind that. But we make bandsaws because they are useful power tools and let us do a lot of things that we would not otherwise be able to do and more quickly and more accurately. And I think AI is the same way. As long as you're using it for the right thing, it does a lot of things that we find very useful to be doing. I guess marketing is is a lot of our early adopter customers because they have a lot of stuff to write. And that stuff does not need to be academic papers. Um, it needs to be descriptions of raincoats or whatever. And, and they're going to get handled by people. Um, and so writer makes it easy to put together descriptions of 18 kinds of raincoats and however I might feel about sort of um, fast fashion, I don't like it. Um, the fact of the matter is that it consumes enormous amounts of ad copy. And with writer, the, the copywriters don't have to do the heavy lifting, and that really leaves them more time to do the more enjoyable part of that, which is crafting witty things on, on top of this corpus of um, verbiage. That's it's really funny to hear you say that. And and I sense a similar distrust of marketing that my own husband shares, actually. It's always fun dinner table conversations between 
the person who has blocked off all of my Google ad tools because they could invade my privacy <laughs> using my home firewall. And, you know, I'm not actually spying on people. Will you calm down? So I, I sense a similar distrust and distaste for mass communications. So, Ashley, are you saying that IT marrying marketing equals a need for excess amounts of psychology or like like marital psychology or something like that? Is that what you're implying? It's certainly a work. No, let's, yes, let's it's certainly a working alone. exercise in compromise. And <laughs> Maybe that's a question for Ask Writer. Yeah. Let's. Oh, dear. Right. Um, but I will do it and I will put it in the show notes. I promise. I think more, though, it is an exercise in compromise, though, because it does force you to look at all of these things that you're spending all of this time producing and take the view of they don't understand why strategically I need to write all of this raincoat copy, for example. Somebody on high right. has declared that there's lots of raincoat copy and I as a marketer can see why you need all of this. Right. But to someone outside of marketing, it just looks like we're producing all of this material that just goes to waste in this like junk heap of words. And yet AI now is facilitating me to do it even faster, right? There's an interesting, there's been a sea change and there's been a lot of marketers who are simultaneously worried that everyone's job is going to be gone because of AI. I, I think it <laughs> right, I think, that'll happen. Let's put it this way. Uh, Ashley and I work together on a, a very regular basis there. Uh, Ashley, we've got a, a long backlog of additional content asks that I would love to see us turn out. But you keep on telling me that we just don't have the physical time needed yes. to do yep. that. Right. I would actually put it to most marketers to really come back and tell me that if they had something that would let them write faster, more, more accurately, and turn out a higher quality of content that their job would actually be in jeopardy? <laughs> or would they just be able to turn out that much more and maybe just automate the turning out of some more of those mundane assets that you have to do every release? That I, is I our mean, experience. Honestly. Literally yeah. everyone we talk to. So nobody's job is gone. It's just yes. literally you're able to look at the mountain and chew it. Right. The organization gets a bunch of those nice-to-haves as well as the must-haves. And frankly, working on the nice-to-haves is just more enjoyable for me across the entire spectrum of, of my job. I, I, I like that polishing above 80% that, strictly speaking, getting to 80% on six other things instead of polishing my 80% to a 90%. But the real satisfactions are in that 10% quality improvement that you can do if you can find the time for it. Like my fear is that the work will expand, the 80% work will expand to fill that time that you are enjoying right now. Um, but that's sort of a subtle second order effect of the whole thing. So, JR, I've I've asked you a couple of questions about uh, more of a prompt engineering style of uh, generative AI, right? Right. So for those of you who follow another track that I work on regularly, we do a Patch Tuesday webinar each month. A lot of what myself and Todd Shell on my team, we, we end up having to do uh, a whole bunch of research in a very short period of time and try to get a very quick turnaround on that because that's what you all need to be able to go straight into your testing cycles and be able to understand what are the top risks I should be prioritizing? What are the known issues that I need to worry about? How do I get into that test cycle faster and focus my attention on the areas that I need to focus in on most? 
So Todd and I can turn around a whole bunch of that stuff in like an eight to 12 hour time span. Mm -hmm. It's literally eight hours, but you just can't talk to him for that entire time. He's like big turtle. Oh, it, it like Ashley tries every once in a while, and I'm like, "Go away! I, I'm I'm busy right yeah. now." You know. And then I look at the date, um, and it's like, "Oh yeah, it's Tuesday." Right, because you have to stack up all that stuff in your head, mm -hmm. and a lot of it and is balance it. Sorting out the stuff you need to stack up in your head from the stuff that's in the document that does not need to be there for now, and yeah, getting interrupted is terrible because it all crashes to the floor and you have to start all over again. Thanks, Jr. Um, Defending his decision. Not blaming anybody. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, 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 there, there's no fingers pointing. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. um, um, okay, so back to the thing. If you want to feed eight hours of reading to the extant AIs and get a two-hour summary that has what you want in it, you have to phrase that question very carefully. Like back in the early days of stuff on the internet, um, when Boolean searching was the hot stuff, or even with like LexisNexis or Westlaw, um, writing a Boolean search uh, mm -hmm. that gets you the relevant results and not too much noise is kind of a tricky thing. It's a whole skill yes. set all its own. And, and so writing right. a prompt that will reduce a large corpus of material to the bits that you want so that you can then fit them into your head um, is also tricky business. Then you start to touch on some of the issues with any of the generative AI technologies, which is these things don't know anything. They, right. they only know what is the most likely next word. Literally, that is all they know. At, at some point, you have, to, you have to decide whether the overhead of vetting the AI answer is more than offset by the time saved and not sifting through the body of work. So this is, uh, and you know, I, I think this is touching on a uh, more recent kind of buzzword around this AI. Oh God, whisperers. no! Yeah, exactly. So no prompt and <laughs> how do I? How do no, I? No, if become... you have to come pick a stupid term, at least be a prompt engineer. <laughs> AI whisper sounds like the tech version of underwater yeah. basket weaving for liberal arts majors. It's just mm, um, oh, prompt smith. Smith? Yeah, okay. it's it's a little bumpy in the middle going from the hard T to the soft SM. So maybe there's something a little more euphonious, maybe a marketer um, who is thinking about the answer to that question will will do better. But I agree. Uh, AI <laughs> whisperer is just cheesy and horrible and it should die in a fire. It should. <laughs> OK, right. so prompt smithing. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Prompt smithing. <laughs> yes. So how does one get the special skill set to become a prompt smith? Um, well, I think it's like anything else. Uh, though I have a partner who says practice doesn't make perfect, it makes permanent. So practice with feedback to where you can see how adjustments in what you do produce a more or less desirable result. And probably, now that I've said it that way, it sounds like a thing that somebody is inevitably going to point an AI at. I think we're going to point AIs at generating regex rules um, to add on top of AIs. There will be all that recursion that we alluded to in the now stale and defunct um, discussion of what might happen in AI in, oh, months rather than hours. Right. I think, Chris, um, I actually just was at uh, doing a, a webinar for on how we use generative AI to help with stuff like the podcast, believe it or not. I'll include a link to that um, yep. in the show notes if anybody's curious about the kind of the back end workings of production on this show. But one of the things that I was reiterating was that it takes time and you have to change just one variable at a time. So 
don't if you have multiple ideas you don't know what causes the good or bad adjustment if oh, you change I, I, multiple, I'm not disagreeing with you it just takes um, time. I'm, I'm calling into question my own personal practice yeah no <laughs> I, I'm there's a lot of hard lessons learned in that particular talk I gave again and again mm -hmm. and again there's um so all of JR's engineering colleagues keep on telling him okay one variable at a time just, JR one variable at a but time but this is just, just so much better yes time. yes I've done that yeah. I've actually I'm pretty sure it's these six things <laughs> mm -hmm. or at least one of them right so the other part to it too is that you need to practice using stronger writing in your prompt so mm. the old practice i mean this yes. is you guys are developers and programmers or have exposure to garbage in garbage out right so the stronger absolutely and more refined the words that you choose to use within the prompt will give the AI certain color indicators. In writing, it's called denotation versus connotation. Denotation yes. is the definition of a word, and connotation is the color, the shade of a word. So you could call someone a woman, and you can call them a lady. Both of would refer to or a... Or female. Or female. All of them would refer to a grown female human. You can also think of many derogatory ones, right? Which would technically all refer to a grown woman. They all mean different things, though, and will imply different things. So if you think about how the words themselves impact, what kind of shades of color your words are picking when you're doing a prompt, that's part of that, that's part of the skill of copywriting, and I think that's going to come back into a resurgence. Oh, I, it, you, the, the, you, you have put your thumb right on it. Yeah. Um, because what AI is sensitive to is connotation. Really? Um, I suspected it, that. Yes. But you are nice. correct. Um, and I hadn't thought about it that way. But when you say it like that, that is absolutely what's going on there. So being a good writer and understanding how words work in the world and not trying to rules lawyer the thing, but watching how it responds to the various flavors of speech that you choose is is going to be a core competency for anybody who wants to be a prompt smith. Interesting. So, all right, let's let's branch out into a couple of other areas as we wrap up here today. What are some of the other things that you're seeing? I, I think we've seen that AI-empowered search mm. is definitely has some some additional value. That interpreting, uh, better interpreting, you know natural language processing and taking it to the next step of like, what is somebody actually searching for? I think, uh, you know, having just gone through, we, we just did a DevCon event mm. within Ivanti. Um, I was one of the, we, we took four engineering leaders and four PM leaders to be the judges for that. So I had to judge 67 demonstrable submissions that, mm. that out of 130 total that were submitted and about, Probably a third to closer to half of those were AI empowered chatbots. Aren't they cute? Of various They're just propping up everywhere. Right? So adorable. Yep. I, I swear to God, if I see one more chatbot demo, I'm going to lose it in, you know, at least for a little while. It's it's too soon right now. But the other thing that is interesting, oh, though, Sarah is. <laughs> <laughs> right. The ability to generate, um, if not complex code, at least like basic, you know, scripting level kind of code. So uh, for those of you familiar with the Ivanti Neurons platform, we have the Neurons bots. It's basically uh, a series of stages in automation that can help you execute some type of automated task. 
that could also include modifying systems or doing things like that. Yep. So we had a really cool demo. This is not in product. This is not committed roadmap yet, but it's all cool things that we're, we're definitely looking into. But an AI-empowered uh, uh, um, search that let you find, hey, do we have a stage that mm. meets the criteria that you've got? Yeah. And if not, generate some basic PowerShell script to do what you needed to. But even with that, the the engineer who did the demo was even showing how like, hey, I'd like to um, find all systems with low disk space. Or I'd like to return all you know processes on a system. He was even able to update that natural language query that he was doing to say, but only show me the name of processes. And you right. could see it updated the PowerShell script yeah. to modify it to only return what he wanted. Right. Pretty accurate. That's remarkable. So, so if we're doing that here yeah. at Avanti, what does that mean for security overall, both for defenders and attackers? Well, good and bad. I, I mean, the observability right? is, is a huge buzzword in platform engineering. And, and as soon as you started talking about, you know, using it to search um, logs and platform information and return the answers you wanted instead of a lot of information that maybe had the answers you wanted in it, I, I, I just sort of sparked on that because sifting through mountains of log data and um, time correlating that stuff is all stuff that machines can do. But explaining in, you know, any kind of structured query language, what you want to see is its own whole tedious task that requires expertise. Um, and, and prompt smithing seems like a, a more fun way to get it that will open up that kind of insight to people who are not particularly adept at doing it. Um, and when it comes to hiring talent, finding people who are adept at scrying what is going on from the, the, the entrails of your log files, uh, that is a pretty rare talent set. Yeah. Enabling anybody to get that kind of insight is going to be an improvement for security. Yeah. So I think, I think in general, um, to, to answer the people who are asking the question of, you know, what, what, practical applications are there out there? There are some emerging. It's not just the frivolous things that people have been playing around with so far. There's a lot more that of real value that's actually coming out. But think of it as like your average worker being able to be augmented to be 10 to 20% better at what they do because the assistance that's lended from generative AI can get them to what they need quicker, easier, and with a lower knowledge barrier to getting there, really. Well, I think your high productivity worker is going to be augmented even more. So you're going to 2x your 10x developer, 102xing your ordinary employee. But depending on the tasks that are being so required. So people like Ashley are going to be two or three times uh -huh. as good as they were before. <laughs> I see what you did there. Thanks. Right. And people like me will only be 10% better. And and me, you know, it's going to be a toss-up. I can probably be replaced with a small shell script. Oh, guys. <laughs> Come on. No, it's just, I think, but I think it also gets back right. to that 10xing opportunity. Just to close off, I think yep. generative AI isn't going to replace your most knowledgeable workers, to your point. And I think it's going to, I would hazard a personal guess that, for somebody who's doing like intro to help desk work, right? We already have uh, different automations and machine learning and assistance in our own platforms now to help move more toward level zero support where you have users self-helping, all of that right. kind of stuff. 
it would enabling these are the kinds of first baby step generative AI moments, these kind of routine checks, first level, maybe even a little bit of the second level, and then your third and fourth level of support, both for security and IT, I think we'll end up seeing using it in new and novel ways. And you can create templates and scripts for those who are not your best workers to get them to be standardized, right. to get them to be, to give them the crutch that they need, that usually they're just desperately pinging the same question to you on Teams every three yes. seconds. Not that that's ever happened to me, right. but that's, that's just no, what no, I've I, I, That doesn't resonate with me at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I guess to close up then, what can, so we talked about a lot of stuff about generative AI today. It was pretty good. I mean, what can people expect if they come to the webinar? Or they can click on the webinar recording if this, you find this after it goes live. The bad news. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, when, when we have Daniel on here, <laughs> exactly. we're going to have a very lively discussion <laughs> of the security and privacy Ooh. implications of some yes. of the things that J.I. and our, our J.R. and I were just riffing yes. on. Because uh, there there is some inherent dangers to some of these things, right? Um, there's, you know, we've seen another round of supply chain attacks, you know, code being interjected or um, utilized without uh, the vendor's knowledge and uh, having that be a pretty catastrophic uh, impact on their customer yep. base. If an attacker is able to inject themselves into one of these models and shape answers in a certain direction, that could be dangerous, mm -hmm. right? Indeed. There's also the, the privacy issues that come with it. So I think we're going we're gonna to go deeper into a couple of these topics. We're going to go deeper into some of the security implications and the privacy implications. And what you'll be able to take away from that webinar is really going to be, how should we be thinking about how this is going to come into our environments? Because there's, there's not going to be a stopping it. No. Let's just be clear, right? <laughs> right. Whether that's a this good is idea coming. or not, yeah. it's not going right. to happen. So it's a more of a matter of how do we reconcile its assimilation into our environments or you know, our how do we control it in a way into the larger truth of the AI. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That could absolutely be the direction <laughs> this all goes. Uh, so I think that's probably the biggest thing you can expect from the webinar is uh, getting a better understanding of what should you be, how, what should you be thinking towards and how should you be preparing for this to, you know, fully immerse itself into your environment? Well, I'm looking forward to it. We still haven't recorded it, but I'm very excited. It'll be airing April 26th. And again, J.R. Robinson of Writer uh, will be rejoining Chris Gettle and Daniel Spicer will, I have managed to weasel time out of his calendar once more, and he will be joining us again to rerun that webinar. And we're really looking forward to it. Um, thank you so much again for coming, J.R. It's always great to have you on. Oh, it's always fun. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Uh, if you'd like to continue today's conversation, um, particularly if you guys have seen any generative AI use cases, or if you want to wait and hold on to your questions um, for the hacker and InfoSec aimed perspective on this at the webinar, um, please head on over to any of our social platforms. That would be at Go Ivanti, I-V-A-N-T-I. You can check out the show notes for links for all of the references and materials. I promise I'll include them all. And again, for more about Writer itself, which is a generative AI platform that, full disclosure, Ivanti does actually use, um, please head on over to writer.com. They've got different types of 
materials that I would, I personally would highly recommend you look through, but that's my own personal. That's not an endorsement from Avanti. That's just me. 100%. And if you found today's conversation interesting, enlightening, amusing, please take a second, share it with your colleagues, um, a classmate, somebody who will not shut up about AI now that crypto has crashed. Go ahead and do that. We The algorithm likes it when you download our, our p- track and that way more people who need to hear this will be able to. Um, but with that, stay safe and we'll talk soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.